Oh my gosh, how excited were Chauncey and I to interview our next podcast guest, oh, Dana Lynn North. Oh, if you do not know who she is, I'm going to need you to whip out that phone and Google real fast because shame on you, you should know. <laughs> Anyways, Chauncey and I have been big fans forever and she is a legend and has done so much great work in the entertainment industry we don't even have time we 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 cover it in the episode so just listen to the episode and we cover it all but she shares her lessons learned and all of that great stuff along with the newest project that she's a part of the best man the last chapters it's a new series on peacock coming out december 22nd in which she's involved in and oh we cannot wait hey slay nation welcome back to another so she slays podcast i am heather i am chauncey and today we have an incredible incomparable Woman of the Hour, Dana Lynn North. Please introduce yourself to our wonderful So She Slays audience and just let us know how amazing you are. Aw, I am so honored by that intro. Hi, ladies. I am Dana Lynn North. I am a writer, producer, um, self-described delightful disruptor of the status quo when I can be. Um, and I'm thrilled to be here with you all. Oh my gosh, we are so excited to have you. So today, I mean, I feel like we can talk to you about so many different things, but we're going to try and, <laughs> and bring it in. We're going to rein it in here. Um, and let's just talk about the importance of finding your seat at the table. Now, mm. we are all women of color and we're all involved in the media, entertainment, all of that in some sector, right? And it's important yes. to be able to find your seat at the table, but it also takes some time to do so. Let's start there. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Let's, let's start with the obvious. Like, how, yeah. how do we get our seat at the table? How did you get there? Give mm. us everything about you because Heather and I personally know your work and mm. your work is incredible. Like Thank you. we have so much to talk about later, but yeah, tell us about like, how do you claim your seat at the table? Mm, great question. Well, you know, I'll start by adding one more piece to my introduction and then I'll work backwards. So, yes. you know, in, in the spirit of being a, a delightful disruptor and a seat at the table, um, you know, a lot of people talk right now about making your own table. So most recently, that is what I've done. I am founder and CEO and chief disruptor at a company called Loud Sis Productions. Um, I've been calling myself a Loud Sis since I was in college and finally was like, you know what, I think I'm just going to keep it going. And so, you know, I, I have a production company that has a deal at Sony. And, um, you know, so that's currently my table, right, that I invite others um, to join me regularly at that table in terms of just centering stories um, around women of color and around those who are um, usually left on the outside of the storytelling conversation is the way I like to say it in television and film. And so to your question, um, a lot of times I think it starts, it honestly starts with believing that you deserve a seat at the table. Um, that's what I would say, because I think often for women, um, and I'll speak for myself, and I think it still continues to be a struggle for a lot of women of color that I know, and that is um, somewhere along the way, right? I, I believe that we are all born not only with the light, but with the intention and the desire to shine our light, but it can be easy as women of color, right, to start taking in a lot of 
negative stuff and information and, and start to like just dim that light somewhere along the way, right? And start to struggle with letting that light shine. And so um, first you gotta believe that you um, are entitled to and, and deserve your seat at a table, whatever table that may be, wherever you wanna sit, however you wanna be creative, whatever you wanna do, right? Whatever you wanna do, believing that you deserve that seat at the table. And I think we um, live in a society that tends to um, just teach men that um, that they deserve it. You know, I think boys and men get to move through the world with just this um, sense that they deserve that seat at the table. And um, somewhere along the way, a lot of a lot of us, and again, I'm speaking for myself, there was a point when I just noticed that it was harder for me to believe that. So first, you mm -hmm. gotta believe that you deserve that seat. And then um, it becomes easier to start claiming that seat. Oh my gosh. No, right there with you. I mean, I think all the way around, I'm hoping that it's a trend that is happening where people are really recognizing their own power and their own, their own strengths and leaning into it as much as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause there's, you know, we can, and you all let me know, I think there's different ways we can talk about that, the issue of that seat, because sure we can talk practically about, right. The, the different ways you go about whatever it may be, right? Um, getting jobs or making your claim and, and things like that. But really, I believe it starts from within, right? So you've got to, you know, once you find your way to kind of shore that up, then it becomes a lot easier to like have the conversation you may need to have with somebody about, I deserve that promotion or whatever those things are, right? Or I want you, or would you read this or recommend me here? But all of that, all of those sometimes fierce conversations that need to be had or the the thing you want to apply for all of you know you've got to right the you've got to have that inner strength first that comes from the believing that you deserve so that's why I want to start there and then the rest of it is the practical stuff yeah. well I mean I say the spiritual <laughs> stuff is the hardest part half the time yes, <laughs> right the self-reflecting right? part of you and the spiritual side of it is the hardest thing to start and then once you get there I feel like everything else is easier yeah. But the first part, the self audit of yourself, mm. that's a lot of work. Right? <laughs> yeah. That is and, work. yeah. And I'm so glad you said, because one of the things that I, that I talk about a lot when I'm, you know, if I'm speaking, if I'm speaking to young people, if I'm doing a panel, whatever it may be about, you know, the typically right industry things. And, you know, people ask about my advice or whatever. I like to say that my, the, what is the spiritual team that you have, right? So people might ask about, how do I get an agent? And I want to break in and do you recommend a manager? And one of the things I will say is like, who is on your spiritual squad? Like, sure, it's great to have a, uh, an attorney and a, and a whatever it may be, right? Yes, business managers are great, but like what's, what's going on with your spiritual team? So what I mean by that is, yeah, like, do you have a meditation teacher? Do you have a therapist? Do you have like, you know, if you're going to work in, you know, especially in any form to me of the, of the industry, the arts, if you are an artist in whatever form, it's such a business of uncertainty. It's such a business, right, of instability. It's such a business of, uh, of competition where, where we are, are being led to believe that we are in competition. I don't think we have to look at it that way, but I think that's the external information that we're getting. And so with all of those elements, I think it's so important to have a spiritual squad and it can be any number of things, right? Sure, it can be a minister, uh, you all get the idea. It can be so yeah. many different things, but I think it's really important to have a spiritual squad. Um, and that also helps you find that seat at the table. So that kind of brings me to my other question then. Um, lessons learned along this way, right? I mean, mm -hmm. spiritually, uh, professionally, personally. Yeah. 
how did you do it? Like, tell us. Like, what? <laughs> like, 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 tell us. like, like, give me the tea. Like, what can I learn? <laughs> I want to know. You've that done such phenomenal work. Like, I've watched your work forever, to be honest with you, for years. And like, I want to know what lessons did you learn to get to who you are today? And yeah. that's important, not just not just for us, but for everyone who's listening to this podcast. Like, I hear you. I will. Like, I, thank you. <laughs> there was this undercurrent. You were like, tell us. I will get to I promise. I will. Um, okay, wait. So I heard lessons learned. And I feel like there was another question in there that I want to answer at the same time, but I, I'll get to it. So let's see. Yeah, lessons learned. Um, I think, gosh, you know, because there have been so many. So um, I'm just trying to really trying to think about where to begin. I think um, that it is okay, you know, and some of these are gonna sound like cliches and the thing about cliches, right, is that they're true. Like they, they right, they, they have served a lot of us along the way. So that, that idea of that it is okay to be afraid and step out and do things even while you're afraid, like that, I'm thinking about some of the lessons that I am still, that I have learned and am still, am still using, right, and, and, and even, um, along the way. So I'll talk about some of the practical of like some of the work I've done and I've been writing television for a long time and I love it. Right. And, and even, you know, as a, as a staff writer in TV, I've had amazing mentors along the way as I've worked on shows like Lincoln Heights and, you know, my mentor, Kathleen McGee Anderson, who's still an, an amazing friend. And, and I've worked, you know, and on shows like Veronica Mars and one of the things, so practically speaking, it was really amazing to have um, uh, showrunners and, and mentors who, when I was young, I was out there learning what it meant to take a script from the early phases as a writer's assistant. I came up in the ranks in television as a writer's assistant, which is an incredible apprentice job, right? And it's a chance to, it was like my, my grad school, you know, after I went to USC, where I had this incredible, I met this incredible group of friends like the Prentice Pennies and the J. August Richards, who's, you know, on a, a show on Peacock right now. It's really fun to have these Peacock cousins because I'm doing, you know, the best man, the final chapters on Peacock. And it's amazing to look and see my friends on the menu on Peacock right beside me. You know, it's really beautiful. Or like my friend Morgan Cooper, who always says, who's a Peacock cousin. I call them my Peacock cousins, my my friends who also are there, right? So Morgan, <laughs> I love that. I right? love the Peacock cousins because the guys yeah. are all grew up together. Like you guys like went to the trenches together. Yeah. And now you're seeing you guys glorify the way it's supposed to be. Like you claimed your space. So, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and Morgan is like a new, so my friend Jay August Richards, who's on Vampire Academy right now, he and I came up together and went to USC. He's part of my best man crew. Like it's that, you know, like when I, when, and I'm, and I'm still, don't worry, I'm still working my way up, but I'm just bringing it all together. Because like when I, when I met Malcolm and we started talking about doing the best man, uh, this, this, you know, iteration what I said to him was, I have my own best man crew, you know, and so that's part of why I related to it so much, because when I was in college, I, I, you know, had always been this, I felt like always this sort of artsy nerd, and I remember getting to college and being like, you're the artsy black nerds, because, you know, I had always growing up, had always kind of felt like this outsider, right? Because so, Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, yeah, and I might sit, at, at, when I was in high school, I would sit at the lunch table with like the, the, the nerds. I wasn't necessarily at like the black table or the, this day I was with people that I related to. So I got to college. I was like, here's my tribe. And so, um, you know, all that to say, then I met Morgan Cooper, who's also from Kansas city. He and I just met more recently, but he's like a brother to me. One of Morgan's sayings that I love is imperfect action beats perfect inaction. 
And what that means is to me, what I, the way I interpret that statement is as an artist, it's so easy sometimes to get stuck, right? Where you're like, this isn't good enough. I'm not ready to put this out there. I don't want anybody to read it yet because I feel like I can still see the mistakes in it. I can still see, right? What makes me feel like I'm not ready to share it. It's never gonna be like perfect is one of those words that really drives me crazy. So in terms of a lesson that I have learned, it's never going to feel, as an artist, the chances of something ever feeling perfect to you are very slim. Let it be imperfect and take action anyway, because imperfect action beats perfect inaction all the time. So that is a Morgan Cooper quote that I love, but because it, it's a great way to encapsulate, just go, just put your thing out there, like, because it'll allow, you know what I mean? It allows you to keep putting something out there and keep taking a step and putting one foot in front of the other. So um, that is an example of a, of a lesson that can take a long time to learn, but the sooner that you can take it to heart, the better. Um, but what I, when, I, when I was younger and I was a writer's assistant, one of the things that I got a chance to really learn was it's so great when you can, even when you are, again, feeling nervous to, to put an idea out there and have a way when you speak up have a way to like offer something that's different than a little different than what you're hearing. If I was a writer's assistant, and I was taking notes and I was getting a chance to see what the writers were pitching. I always was in rooms where the, the showrunners would say, you can pitch as a writer's assistant. If you can keep up with notes and throw out an idea, go for it. But, but I got a chance to hear what everyone was throwing out. So it's like, well, what can I, if I'm gonna offer something, how can I offer something that's not what everyone else is already saying? So like, what can you contribute to a conversation that's different, that's fresh, that's putting a little bit different twist on what you're hearing. Um, you know, those are some of the things that I that I learned, you know, early on. I was fortunate to get a chance to go through all the phases, meaning, you know, the script phase, then going into the production phase and getting to really see what does it mean to take a script from, you know, early phases in the room where it's on the board and you're trying to come up with the beats of the story and then taking it into the, the script phase, taking it into production, putting it on its feet. Um, going through prep with the director and with all the department heads. And it's really important to get to see what all those phases are. If you want to especially lead a, a show and be a showrunner, it's important to see all those phases. Um, yeah, just really learning to be a good collaborator is really important. And, and I got a chance to do that on, on Lincoln Heights, on Veronica Mars, um, so that when my friend, Prentice Penny, that I went to college with, it was so beautiful when he reached out to me and said, you know, Issa and I are going to do Insecure together and you want to come and help us get it off the ground. And I was like, yeah, um, you know, and that was amazing. It was amazing to be with them for the first three seasons of Insecure was was a transformative experience. We are for me. huge yeah. oh, fans. Are huge. You don't even <laughs> know. Like, you have no idea. Like I was like Heather. I will make sure my schedule is clear for this. <laughs> oh yes. Like, like we are. Like, we are diehard <laughs> fans for like here. switch things around. For I can be on this call with you. Like Heather is like I'll, I'll figure it out. But yeah. you know, talking about your work. I watched Lincoln Heights. It was on, what was it? It, was a, it wasn't Freeform yet. It was on a different, it was like- Like yeah, ABC it, it Family still, or something. Yeah, something like that. Girl, so I know. It was still called ABC Family. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so talking about your work, let's give the audience like, what work have you done? Because we know, trust uh, me, Heather and I, we're fans, but like- tell yeah. us, And us, then don't work. forget to lead up to what's coming it's up here. Thing I'm excited <laughs> about on Peacock that we'll I'm get super stoked for. So yeah, tell us about your career. Like, tell us what you've worked on because we know, okay. we stalk Let you. <laughs> tell us about those. 
<laughs> All right, let's see. Let's take, we'll take this walk down, down memory lane. Um, so yeah, so let's see. Um, starting with going way, way back, um, one of my first shows was um, the show called Any Day Now on Lifetime um, that goes way, way back, to take it back to the beginning, the show that like where I first broke out as a writer and where one of my mentors like, you know, um, gave me my shot. And that was a show um, on Lifetime that was really beautiful about, um, and it took, it, it flashed back to the 60s and came back to the present day about um, a black woman and white woman who were best friends and kept their friendship going. I know from that show. Lorraine Toussaint and yes. Annie Potts. Um, yes. And so that was the show that I actually, oh where I began my career. And then I worked on Soul Food, the series yes. um, on Showtime. And those were my early ones. And then from there went, came um, Lincoln Heights and Veronica Mars, the, the first iteration of Veronica Mars. It's amazing. Lincoln Heights, which was one of the first series that um, Chadwick Boseman was in. Yes. Got to work with Chad, which was um, really beautiful. Um, and then Veronica Mars and then um, Single Ladies on VH1 took, took that show over and then its uh, final season on VH1 was the show rented there. Um, switched at birth on, um, that was around the time that actually the ABC family became Freeform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. made that switch. Um, and then I uh, did, had an amazing time doing um, an In Vogue Christmas, did a yes. Christmas movie with the In Vogue, which was so dope. I basically was like, wait, so In Vogue gonna get back together for this Christmas movie? I'm in. <laughs> Is it the I'm in. I get to go to concerts, I'm in. Yeah. Um, so I that was super that Christmas movie, yeah, I watched Aww. it. Yes. Thank you, it's fun. It's fun that it still, it still comes back around the holidays. And um, then Insecure. You already know what we stand about this. We're huge Insecure fans. Have not watched it religiously together. Uh, <laughs> that was our that was our like best friend time. We'll be like, hey, can we talk about business? But then also like, can we get like thirty minutes to talk about this show? <laughs> yeah, I know it was truly it was as it was as amazing to be a part of a show where you know like I'm as much of a fan as everybody else. You know what I mean? And and it's a it's really. And um and it was a, it was life changing to be a part of it. Like it's one of those shows where it poured into me. I poured into it. It poured into me. Um, it was it was a wonderful time. Like you know, Issa is amazing. Like um, I love her. Uh, that that whole cast. Like I'm you know I'm friends with everyone to this day. Uh, we still give each other shit to this day. Um, you know, was in Italy As for Jay's should. wedding. As <laughs> like, I was like, well, you were probably all the weddings and everything, but I love that your career, first of all, I grew up with your career, like family, like, you know, of course I've seen the Invoke Christmas a few times. Okay, so like, <laughs> like I know Invoke, but like, I love how all the shows that you worked on have really been inclusive. Like you're making mm. everyone feel seen. Like Veronica Mars, you had, a, t a young woman be the head of a show who was like doing this all the detective work and it wasn't like it was so relevant to young women because you know we're used to seeing like you know older people detectives and stuff like that like and then yeah. of course you're bringing women of color to the limelight and feeling seen and feeling like it's not just like oh it's just like this regular like you know x and y show this show is like empowering people and feeling seen and feeling heard and having experiences be on tv in a positive way even if it's like messy you mm. felt seen and that's something I loved about all the shows that you mentioned like Lincoln Thank Heights you. you went through like that is the diversity in it switched at birth 
you're seeing like, you know, women, people in different communities in the deaf community, like you've worked with things that have brought voices to people who are not seen, which is very thank appreciative. You. Wow. Yeah, thank yeah. you for the noticing and the reflection of that because that has been an intentional part of my career and the decisions I've made in the shows Love I've it. been on. So well, thank it's you for seen. That. It's definitely yeah. seen. And we are hopefully getting more people like you trying to bring more diversity and representation mm -hmm. into this, um, into the screen. And, and so that we can kind of see, you know, life reflected as it is rather than, you know, this picture perfect thing. Yeah. Um, and you're new. And you're new. Yeah. I was just going to say your <laughs> new project we have Let's coming up here. Oh, the man. best man, the final chapters on Peacock coming yes. out in December, right before Christmas. So, you know, everybody's going to start binging that one. Yes. <laughs> like, that is the goal. I yes. grew up on those movies. Like right. those movies are yeah. huge. And I think every household would be honest with you, but the idea that I when agree. I saw it being announced, I was like this, oh, we're, we're back at it again. And you have the I whole cast. Cast. I'm so excited. <laughs> and the is like booked and busy. These people are not just like hanging out. Like these are like, like Morris Chestnut got Kay Diggs. You got me a lot. Like you have everyone. Yeah, it was, no, it was a, a blessing and it's a, no, it's no small thing. You are absolutely right. Like to get the whole band back together. These right? are stars. Like these are these not are stars. Regina Hall, you have Mia Long, you have Terrence Howard, Morris Chestnut, Tay Diggs. Like these people stay booked and busy. Like these they are not stay. like, you know, hang out in the no. street. Like these they are stay like, booked and busy. Yeah. So no, what kind of what kind cool. of a like tea can you tell us? I know you can't give us everything, but can you give us a little something? I mean, gosh, I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I know it's a great question. Well, I mean, it's you all are hitting on it in the sense that it is, as you said, we've all we've grown up on these movies. They're they're you know the 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 sort of a hot tea of you know it's centered around right. Harper, this this character who went, you know, wrote this book about his friends, right? And it became this this messy thing. And so, you know, messy. I guess I would say, <laughs> I, right? Like, just a little bit. I was like, it was wild. It was wild. <laughs> as a child, I knew it was out of hand. I was like, this is wild. <laughs> I mean, like, even as a kid, I, I knew that like, was a hot mess. Like, and so. I guess I would say we're going to pick up and continue on some of those those threads. You know how it, it it's true in friendships when certain things, right? When you have groups of friends where somebody tends to be a messy one, they don't stop being a messy one, right? And so I guess that, right? And so um, the triangles that have have always existed, like we're going to continue those those themes and those threads, right? So. Harper being a source of, of mess among the friends, that has not changed. Um, you know, we will, uh, you know what I mean? And, and the, Well, and I mean, yeah, I mean, would it be the best man if he did change? If, I mean, If Tay did it, it's not being, <laughs> that would be was, weird. Right, he was not like, out there being, right. And, yeah, and so everyone. I would just, yeah. So I would just say, you know, the, the book Unfinished Business and the stories that, that he's written about his friends, all of that continues to be a source of, shall we say controversy, um, you know, so, um, and then, and, you know, as they come, and then if you recall at the end of holiday, um, Quentin calls and, and, or he makes this announcement that he's getting married. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to, we're going to find out what happens with all of that. Yeah. Um, right. Who he going to marry. The friends um, are all reunite, you know, reuniting and we're going to find out what happens with that. Um, and like I said, you know, they've all been friends a long time, but it's as we, part of what was intriguing to me 
again, being part of a big group of college friends myself, part of what was intriguing to me is as you go from your 20s to your 40s and we're catching up with the, these friends some 20 years from when we first met them, right? You know, things happen. And for me, the idea of like midlife metamorphosis was really fascinating. You know, that's kind of what I, what I said to Malcolm when I met with him about you know, being really excited about the idea of continuing this franchise into series. And I love, first of all, right, as in series, you get a chance to dive in, you have multiple episodes to really, right, unpack and get into all this. It's like, you know, friendships evolve, marriages evolve, you evolve as a person, right? So you're not going to be the same person in your 40s that you were in your 20s. And what does that mean for marriage? Let's hope not. I love that. Like, like, honestly, like, I just love how this series would dive into like more into like it's gonna dive into more people like the more characters like in depth because exactly. with the best men you dealt with like messy behavior you dealt with yep. death unfortunately and how death yep. can take a toll on friendships and yep. how it brings you together which when it shouldn't just bring you together it should always be together but death like something like that powerful death like if you haven't seen the last movie there's a death but it like shows spoiler you, alert spoiler, spoiler alert. alert there's a death but like mm -hmm. I love how it shows a timeline of friendship growing in people's marriages and relationships or personalities. And I feel like with this series that you're going to run, I just feel like it's going to be such a great win for everyone to watch because like people grew up with these characters yeah. and everyone, and these are recognizable faces, guys, like Melissa Sousa, like everyone's in there and you're just like, I know these characters and I feel yeah. with these characters, but you gave us so much for Insecure too. So I'm just excited to see with these messes of Harper in them. <laughs> exactly. Well, and thank you for everything you're saying is, is spot on. And as you both know too, what's interesting to me is we're in, we're in a time in our, excuse me, come on guys, hang in there for a few more minutes. Just a few more minutes. You know how dogs get, they're like, this call has gone on long enough. Um, but <laughs> what I was going to say is we're in a time in our society right now that we're also going to acknowledge, which meaning, we're, I feel like we're evolving, we're being tested in our society. We just survived, a, we're still surviving, right? A, a pandemic. And w just in terms of what's going on with, with black women coming into, where we started this conversation, black women coming into our own, like what does it mean to like, wanna make sure that your voice is heard? And so we're going to be, these characters are going to be tested. They're going to be, you know, there's a, there's a new generation um, you know, they have kids now that are old enough to be like, mm, you all might think you're cool, but do we think you're cool? And so, you know what I mean? So we're going to also just be really looking at like, where are they in their lives? And like what, you know, just really, it's, it's an opportunity to really look at like the world through this, this 21st century lens. And what does that mean for these characters as they are, as they're yeah evolving. And so it's, it's exciting. Well, we can't wait. Um, I want to say thank you for joining uh -huh. our awesome podcast and for thank everybody you. who is listening, uh, this lovely series, the best man, uh, series, the final chapters come out December 22nd, I December believe, 22nd. Right? That is correct. Mm, you better mark on your Peacock. calendars on Peacock. Um, thank you so much. Christmas present. Thank oh you. my gosh right right thank you no thank you thank you for, like for, thank for you <laughs> thank you for our future story network but oh, before we go any other upcoming projects that you're like you're like super you don't have to tell what it is because like you're super excited about or like you know like, i mean I, I will just say that i'm excited you know again um my company loud sis productions we have a few you know we are in partnership with a few different, you know, we're doing some things with macro. We are 
we're just, we're excited. I'm, I'm, you know, I mentioned Morgan Cooper, my peacock cousin, he and I are developing some things. And so I basically am in, in some partnerships that I'm really excited about. You're right. I can't name names of the projects, but I will just say that um, I'm excited to get to some loud sis business in 2023 and um, be on the lookout for what loud sis is up to, because it's going to be, there's some other fun things coming down the line. And be sure to follow them on Instagram under Loudsis as well. You can stay up to date. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Thank you.